Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey there, Solar Warrior, and welcome to this Solar Power International 2019 special edition episode. If you're listening to this, you are clearly interested in some of the live content that was recorded at the podcast lounge. Just want to take a moment to thank our host, Solar Energy Trade Shows, Solar Energy Industries Association, and the Smart Electric Power Association for hosting the podcast lounge at the North America Smart Energy Week 2019 conference and trade show. It was a lot of fun, and I really enjoyed it. I hope that you enjoy these conversations as much as we enjoyed producing them for you. If you're new to Suncast, I invite you to take a look at some of the almost 200 other episodes that we have produced here. You can check out the back catalog at mysuncast.com. That's www.mysuncast.com. And if you want to see some of the live streams, some of the video that we recorded, it will be going live at mysuncast.com forward slash N-A-S-E-W-19. We'll also have a library at podcastlounge.live. I know throwing a lot at you. Hopefully you are going to go check the show notes. We'll have links to all of this and more. So remember, that's mysuncast.com. If you want to hear some of the other content that we've recorded over the last four years of powerful leader stories here on Suncast, influential and inspirational stories from founders, CEOs, and uh, industry experts in clean tech. For now, as always, get ready for another powerful conversation. This one from Solar Power International 2019 live at the Podcast Lounge here on Suncast. All right, here we are live at the Podcast Lounge once again at North America Smart Energy Week 19. Produced by Suncast Media and sponsored by Radiant Reed, we're grateful that you have lent us your earballs or your eyeballs. If you're encircling the podcast lounge, would you cozy up to a, a chair? We're going to hang out with Abby Hopper and Julia Ham. We're going to just ham it up here, have a chat. I'm, I'm trying to make you guys laugh. <laughs> I, you've had a long, I know you've already had a long day. You had to start with, uh, with a general session. And you're bouncing from place to place. You're you're now untethered, thankfully, because you're inside the you're inside <laughs> the, We're the bubble. Cage. We're in the cage. We're in the bubble. Yeah, you're in the fishbowl. So if if you are if you have a question for Abby or Julia, too bad because I'm gonna ask them all. <laughs> but you should come up closer and listen. We're just gonna hang out and talk a little bit about the show, how it's going, and I'd love to start with a question that is on everyone's mind, spoken or unspoken. Why the heck are we in Salt Lake City? <laughs> Well, I, I'll start with that. This is Julia, since Abby, uh, the decision was made prior to Abby taking over as the head of SIA. So there, there's a couple of reasons. I think first and foremost, Salt Lake is a great city for the show. Uh-huh. You know, and, and it's been hard because as, as there have been naysayers and sort of people who are a little skeptical about it, I've been having to say, just trust us, trust us. Once you get there, you'll see. Yeah. 
And it's it's been so great to hear the feedback from people now being like, wow, this is such a great city for the show. So, you know, I, I personally love bringing the show to cities where we we basically take over the right. entire place while we're here, right? Every hotel room is ours. Every person you see on the street is here with our show. At every restaurant, it's filled with people from our show. Mm-hmm. I love that environment. And plus, Salt Lake is just a beautiful place. I'm waking up in the morning, and outside my window, I see these beautiful mountains. So that's the, that's the most important reason, is because we came, we visited, and we knew this was going to be a great place for the show. The other piece of it is a little more complicated, and that is many people heard at the opening general session last night this is now this trade show is the largest energy trade show in north america not the largest clean energy show not the largest renewable energy show the largest energy show and we you know for a long time we weren't booking out as many years in advance as other shows similarly sized to ours normally would and so honestly when we were making the decision to where to go in 2019 uh, we were a little behind the eight ball, honestly. Mm. So we didn't have, you know, we're already limited because of the size of the show and how many cities physically are big enough to host us with their convention centers. So we didn't have a lot of options when we were making the decision, but this was, but that's okay because this was a great spot for us. And they're planned out how many years in advance now? Three, five? Um, I think we're, so we're getting, we're getting better at getting farther ahead. So I think we're now out through 2024, 2024. I think. Yes, yeah, so five years out. So, and, yeah. Yeah. so it's time to start lobbying for your town. <laughs> it's time to start. You got five years to prepare. Well, it's just like need, the Olympics. You, right. you either already need a really big convention center or convince your city to expand your convention center. Amazing. Well, again, that's how the Olympics happen, right? Yeah, convince that's your true. city. That's exactly yeah. Right. And have you... Uh, have you exceeded, met, or are still arriving at expectations for Salt Lake? Is it everything you expected it would be? It is everything we expected it would be and more. Um, it is a great show this year, a great turnout. Um, the projections we had for attendance, we've already exceeded them. Yeah. Um, we have an incredible number of exhibitors, incredible like square footage of exhibit space. There's so many panels, so many discussions happening. So, yeah, it's an amazing Amazing show. Can you break down the numbers for me? Because I don't, I don't know those numbers. How many attendees? How many exhibitors? What was the expectation? So we have over 19,000 attendees, um, which is in excess of our, um, of our projections. Mm-hmm. We have over 700 exhibitors. Um, what other metrics do we have, Julia? I have no idea on square feet, but it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> How many Instagram followers? It's got to be. It's, it, your guys are crushing it because the Solar Coaster guys are out there helping. And yeah. But I think to Abby's point, you know, in terms of number of attendees, we're right on pace with last year. That's cool. And we have, we have more exhibitors than we had last year. So the fact that there were skeptics and people who chose not to come to Salt Lake because they weren't sure about the location and the fact that we're still meeting the same numbers that we had in Anaheim last year is really exciting stuff. What a testament to how our industry is growing. Absolutely. It's, I mean, you know, what's really funny is as a veteran, I've been, this is my 13th uh, SPI. I, been, there's been an SPI since the, every year since the year I got in the industry. And, uh, and, I was baffled by the number of fellow veterans, people that I've always seen at SPI who didn't come this year, and yet you walk the halls, and there's no sense 
that we're missing anyone. Right, right. <laughs> Every a, space is packed. I have a, so if you're listening to this and you're not here, you missed out. You, <laughs> you totally, totally missed out. <laughs> and by the way, for the naysayers who said that Salt Lady, Salt Lake, Salt Lady, Salt Lake is no party town, and so it's, SPI won't be the same. Bunk that because you're having a blast. <laughs> Last night, did, I mean, there was there there were events at the Natural History Museum, which, by the way, is phenomenal. Yeah, like Salt Lake's got their game together. Yeah, yeah. well, they and that's do. where I went back to that. You have to trust us, right? We would not have yeah. chosen to bring the show to a city that wouldn't meet the expectations of the industry. Yeah. And we know what those expectations are. It's it's to come and do a lot of business, but it's also to come and have fun. So we wouldn't pick a place that could not uh, facilitate a really fun week for us. Well, here's a question around what, this, what the industry expects. It's been a very successful event by all standards. It's now the largest energy exhibit, like energy event writ large. Been focused on solar for decades or a decade. Where are we going with colloquially now referred to as SPI, Solar Power International? It's been solar. Your message yesterday was solar plus is the SIA platform for mm-hmm. the next 10 years. How is the show evolving and why does that matter to those of us who've really been focused on solar for the last decade plus? Yeah, no, it's a great question and I'm, I'm glad you asked it because I think people are a little curious. I have a couple of answers. One is as we think about the energy industry, right? We are, we are, the, we are the energy industry. We're not just this cute little technology over yep. on the side. Um, we're going to take more and more market share, right? Mm. And so we are solar, but we also are storage. We're also smart homes. We're also microgrids. We're also wind. It is part of a, a vision for what a clean energy future looks like. So that's one reason. Second reason is that many of my members are multi-technology companies, right? They may have started out as solar and solar is core to our ethos and our sort of identity here. Um, but they've, they also offer uh, storage solutions, or they're also a wind developer, or they manufacture a product that can be used across sectors. And so as you know, we're, we're running a business here. And as, mm. we, as we are looking to sort of meet our customers' demands, our customers are looking more broadly at this sector. And so providing a show and a platform and education for them across that is really an evolution. Yeah, you know, it, that's that's a great answer. And like you said, there's sort of mo- there are multiple answers right. to this question. Yeah, another one, actually, on the panel that Abby moderated in the opening general session last night, we had a gentleman from Shell talking about Shell's vision. And it was it was funny because he, Abby, I, I don't remember the question that Abby uh, asked, but his answer was actually the exact explanation for why SEPA changed the S in our name from solar to smart. Yeah. And so and, and so his answer and our rationale for our change was that as solar becomes more mature and it becomes a larger and larger portion of the, of the portfolio, ultimately it's going to cap out unless we're doing other things on the system right. that enable greater additions of solar integration into the grid. So solar by itself is going to naturally sort of reach this glass ceiling. And we need all of these other, not just the other clean energy technologies, but we need uh, grid modernization things to happen on the actual um, distribution system. We need new controls. We need new smart uh, grid technologies. All of these things are necessary in order for actually to have even greater solar penetration. So it, for us, for SEPA, it's about the long game, mm-hmm. right? We're, we're, our vision is for a carbon-free energy system. 
And solar is going to be a really important part of that. But no one technology can be 100% of the solution. So we've got to think about how all of these resources can work together in parallel, in collaboration, in a coordinated fashion. And we think to do that, that means we have to break down the silos so that we don't have people who are only thinking about one technology, but they're thinking multi-technology. And really, going back to the customer, what is it that customers want? And delivering solutions to those customers, you're not... Most customers don't care about a technology, mm-hmm. they care about a solution. Mm-hmm. You know, whether that's lowest cost bill, highest degree of reliability, cleanest yep. energy. So we need as an industry think about what a customers want. Yeah. And then as solution providers, put together the suite of things that deliver on that objective. There, you know, it's interesting. Tomorrow we have a session with uh, Lumen, which has a smart panel and uh, an integrator that is using that to integrate uh, car charging and uh, power wall. Um, you've got leaders like SolarEdge really, really pushing their charging technology, not just their inverter technology. And major installers, electricians in the U.S. growing on the heels of and using as a Trojan horse to get solar on the heels of electric car charging, um, home automation systems, etc. Right? Vivint's a great example of that. So it's a natural evolution, as you said, of the way that the consumer uh, consumes the way they receive right. the message that we're sending, right? Uh, to that end, it increasingly begs the question of us as an industry, are we on message? Are we on message? What is, know, what, and what is our yeah. message? <laughs> well, what is, you know, so we're going into 2020. It's a, uh, it's a really op- awesome opportunity for us every year to, re- to, to, re- to right. check in and say, hey, guys, are we on message? And by the way, what should that message be? Yeah. Well, I would say that message is that solar is going to continue to take market share from established generators. Solar is going to continue to coordinate and collaborate with other technologies to create the clean energy future. And solar is going to continue to create jobs in this country. I mean, those, in my mind, those are, are three of our key messages. There's lots of parts and pieces around the edges, but taking market share, collaborating with others, what else did I say? Create jobs. Oh, yeah. Create jobs. <laughs> I'm glad you... I was, I was trying to write and remember the third one. Uh, are we effective with our messages? Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Are we exhausted? Yes. <laughs> but we had... That's part of my panel discussion yesterday afternoon was around messaging, right? Around how do we create that public narrative and how do we build a grassroots campaign to accomplish those three things that I outlined? And I would add to that, it, 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 all of those things are critically important. But part of the message also has to be about this is a transition, right? Everyone, we're now sort of hearing the talk about we're in this energy transition. And you have to be, this is again, so we're going back to to what SIPA believes, is we have to have a smart transition. We have to be thoughtful about the transition. We have to understand what the trade-offs are, right? We're trying to meet multiple objectives. There are trade-offs to every decision. So just being aware of that, understanding that, um, and really, and it gets back to, you know, the conversation around um, you know, equity for customers mm-hmm. and making sure that, um, you know, decisions that are being made ultimately aren't uh, negatively impacting um, the customers who can least afford to be impacted, right? So we have to, there's just a lot of pieces of the equation that we have to be thoughtful about. And this needs to be a, a I'm not saying it has to be a slow transition. It just has to be a planned transition, mm-hmm. Uh, not a chaotic one that has unintended consequences. There are going to be consequences. They have, just have to be thought through and intentionally 
decided upon. And I would say I'm, I'm a little more um, radical than Julie on this point, right? <laughs> yeah. So my, my talk last year was all about radical market transformation. Yeah. And I, I don't disagree with anything that Julia said, but I think sort of we come at it with a bit more of a, like, we're going to go out there and take it mm. and we're going to be thoughtful and we're going to clearly care about equity. But we really believe there needs to be radical market transformation and um, we're going to make it happen. So in this radical market transformation, and as we talked about the expansion beyond simply solar as, in, as a feature of this event, you guys had to think for a year about how to expand, how to create interest, how to actually attract people who see this as a solar show to be exhibitors, to be attendees. Where are the big wins for you in 2019? What has you the most excited where you walk in and you're like, we did it. We got these. We got this person or that company. Right. Well, you know, I think it, it Abby said something earlier. You know, it really is a very natural transition yeah. because companies who are already here and have been exhibiting at the show yeah. for a decade plus yeah. who used to only do solar now also do storage and in many cases also do wind and are starting to do EV charging right. uh, equipment. So it's a very natural transition. And once... So once our core group of customers were already expanding what they're presenting mm -hmm. here at the show, it's easy to then go to others, their competitors in the marketplace and say, hey, your competitors are here exhibiting at this mm. show. You need to be here too. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know for SEPA, the, one of the pieces we're most excited about the expansion is in the EV infrastructure space. Um, SEPA, is, for those of you who are regular listeners to the podcast, know that I'm now like a frequent guest here. <laughs> I'm on podcast number three in yeah. just a couple months. So hopefully you've heard and you know, you know SEPA has four pathways of focus, one of which is, is transportation electrification. So on that piece, that's also a very easy transition for us as a co-owner of the show to help bring that subject matter expertise here to the show floor to bring our partners who are, are in the EV infrastructure, EV charging space, um, increasingly the, the car OEMs, the manufacturers themselves. So we're really excited about the growth opportunity for that piece. And I think, it, you know, you asked your, que your question about 2019, but as we look ahead to 2020, you know, if you're asked what am I most excited about, I think it is seeing an even expanded presence at the show, both in the EV space as well as in the wind space. Yeah. Because as, you know, as we've both said, wind is an important part of the portfolio for some of the com so many of the companies who are Absolutely. already here. I would say I would agree with everything Julia said. I think the, the growth of the energy storage piece of our show, both in terms yeah. of education and exhibitors, is so exciting. And I think as you think about, you know, you said you're a veteran of, of these shows, right? One of the reasons I assume you keep coming back is because you have opportunities to learn new things, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. I hope if you've been here for 13 years, you know a lot about solar. That's kind of on yeah. you. But that, but sort of thinking about how we evolve opportunities to learn these new sectors of the yeah. industry is critical. I would say the other thing I'm super excited about, and I know Julia is too, is that for the first year ever, we're having a, a Blacks and Energy reception tonight. We're right. having an LGBTQ reception tonight. And just creating those spaces is so important. I mean, I don't know how Julia feels. I, 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 uh, I walk around this, our show, and it's amazing and exciting. And we, it's really homogenous. Yes. And so I'm excited to the opportunity to create those spaces. Thank you for yeah. doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'll just go back to your point about the 
increase in storage and, and just sort of bringing in new content and new opportunities to learn. Just as a great anecdote, you know, last year I was standing on the show floor at the SEPA booth, which sort of tends to be the home for the utilities who come to the show. They sort of congregate at the SEPA booth. Uh, and a couple of them were standing there and they were saying, gosh, you know, I used to come to SPI a decade ago and I came for a bunch of years, but this is the first time I haven't, this is my first time back in five years. Wow. And when I said, well, wow, what, what finally brought you back? And they said, energy storage. Like I, I was, I had been coming to the show. I learned what oh, I yeah. needed to know about solar to, right. to deploy it at my utility. Those utilities, so pragmatic. But now I need to come back. Now that you've got energy storage here, I need to come back to learn about storage. So the secret to growth is to figure out what the utilities need to learn. <laughs> <laughs> it is a part of the puzzle. I love it. <laughs> it is an important part of the puzzle. Julia Hamm, CEO and president of the Smart Electric Power Alliance. <laughs> Abby Hopper, the CEO and president of the Solar Energy Industries Association. Thank you so much, not only for the work that you do and for joining us here, but for championing this cause in every way that you do. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having us, Nika. Hey, thanks for sticking it out to the end of this special content recorded live at the Podcast Lounge during North America Smart Energy Week 2019. I appreciate you listening through and would love it if you would rate and review Suncast and give us some love on Twitter and LinkedIn. My name is Nico Johnson. I've been your host here and I look forward to communicating with you. I'm often found on LinkedIn. You can find posts for this and many other episodes at mysuncast.com as well. I want to give one final shout out to our sponsors for the podcast lounge, Radiant Reet. DynaPower, EDF Renewables, Shoals Technologies, Clean Capital, and of course, our collaborators on day three, PV Magazine USA. And a quick shout out to our friends at Solar Coaster Radio who helped host all three days of our podcast takeaways for the show. You can find them at solar-coaster.com. Thanks to Jason. And Josh, you guys were amazing. A couple of more thank yous. Thanks to Lisa Ann Pinkerton for helping out. Thanks to Alex Morillo, our production assistant. Thanks to Ludovic Mylard, who has been instrumental in the operations of Suncast all along. And thanks to our on-site production assistant, the unbelievably talented and always working Mr. Tyler Morris. The Podcast Lounge would not have been impossible without you. So thank you all. So grateful for your participation. And we look forward to Podcast Lounge 2020 at Solar Power International in Anaheim next September. Thanks for joining. We'll see you on the other side. Remember, you are what you listen to. Thanks for showing up again, Solar Warrior. It's half the battle. <laughs>